Hello, my name is Melanie Clark, and this is the podcast where I give my shiny two cents about life, love, and all of the above. You are now tuned in to Vodka Melonade. Let me pour you a glass. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Vodka Melanade. I'm um, apparently coming to you from 50 years in the past because Roe v. Wade was overturned this week and I know there are a lot of emotions about it and this is something that has set us back so much as a country and I know I personally believe that you know a woman has the right to make her own decisions I don't understand I'll never understand why our government feels the need to govern our bodies in such a way I truly don't and overturning it and leaving it up to the states to decide doesn't stop abortions from happening it just stops them from happening safely and that's very very concerning Thank God I live in California. You know, we have more support here. There are other states that have better support. But, you know, I, 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 I bleed for the states that do not care for the health and well-being of the people who live there. I don't want to belabor this I'm, I'm, I'm by no means a political podcast <laughs> but it had to be said that I think it's bullshit and it just seems like things are not gonna get much better from here anytime soon this feels like the first of many ridiculous things to come and I feel like everybody just needs to buckle up educate themselves and kind of be ready music that I can just dance to vibe to something to set the tone of the summer I I'm a huge Beyonce fan okay I I love her to death but I'm not one of these blind members of the beehive okay I mean you have some members who probably honestly think her shit doesn't stink you have the ones that think she's a great actress let's be real here she honestly is a terrible actress but she is an amazing performer and that is the side that I stand but not all of her music is like a hit with me personally Um, more of her music as of late I haven't been excited for something she's dropped since she came out with her self-titled album Beyonce and she did the you know the random in the middle of the night drop with the visuals that was groundbreaking and the tracks and the visuals it was just it was an experience it's one of those things where it's like you had to be there who is a fan of Beyonce and doesn't know exactly where they were when she dropped that okay I remember being in my grandma's room and seeing this notification pop up getting on the computer 
and just being like, is this, is this a joke? Like, did she really just, I mean, and sat there for hours just watching and listening and just being so captivated by this boss ass industry move that she made. (laughs) And after that, you know, she followed up with Lemonade, which was good you know, I loved Formation. There's some other tracks on there that I like. There were also very, um, you know, interesting visuals that went along with it. But it was when Lemonade came out that she started swinging into more of an artistic side. And then she got involved with Lion King. And after Lion King dropped, it was like all her music was a tribute to the motherland (laughs) it was so tribal and just so like we shall overcome and like I love my people I love being black I love my black people and I 1 billion percent support us but it was like after a certain point we were just being hammered to death by black power (laughs) in her music and it was like sometimes I listen to music as an escape I'm not looking at it to open my consciousness I'm not looking at it to you know wade in the water I'm not trying to you know listen for cheat codes and secrets to the underground railroad I mean she really I'm exaggerating but she just really really was coming from a place of just black power inspiration you know and I was digging it for a while but it was like after you know so many records I just I mean and then somewhere in between all that she gave us that album with her husband and don't even get me started on that I liked it but I'm not a fan of her collaborating with that man it just takes her tone and her style in another direction to match his rapping and I'm just not like a super fan of that I'm just waiting for her I've been waiting for her to come back with some real vocals and something fun something for the goyles you know and she's back with just that I'm so excited it's such a fun house record it just gets me so excited to see what the rest of the album has in store Um, I feel like it's definitely different for her but it just it's just more it just sounds more free and like more carefree and just oh man I just I I play it all the way to work I play it all the way home play it throughout the day I just now (laughs) I okay I have rhythm by default dancing but (laughs) I kind of dance like a white girl I'm just gonna put it out there and just be true to who I am. I'm too old to be pretending like I can just, you know, be in the club in the middle of the dance circle, breaking it down. Like I'm 100% drinking my hand two step, or I'm like 100% dancing like a white girl. And this music, it just lets that flag fly. I can just do that because with the house music, you know, it's all about just doing you and feeling the vibe and just moving your body and just getting lost in it. And I'm just so here for it. (laughs) And other more unfortunate musical news this week, there was a versus battle that streamed 
and it was Marion versus Mario. Now, I only tuned in to the Mario versus Marion part. I only saw clips of everything that happened before. Apparently, Ray J and I think, was it Bobby Valentino? I, I couldn't even tell you. There was a whole other circus that took place before Omarion and Mario even hit the stage I just saw a lot of clips of (laughs) Ray J struggling through one wish like his major song he has others but every clip I saw it was like he was doing another rendition of that same song and he sounded like someone was choking a goat with a cat and I couldn't believe what I was seeing and what I was hearing. And I mean, (laughs) Ray J, I mean, when I think of amazing vocalists, he's not someone that pops in my head, but you know, he, he sounds halfway decent, I guess in the studio, but I don't know what was going on with that, but I can't attest to it. I can only talk about the memes and the little clips that I saw trash it was a hot mess he sounded drunk he's I mean he looked like a petulant child up there you know who is like avoiding going to bed at his bedtime so he's just up there singing and whatever just to keep the night going it just looked so crazy to me um what I did tune into was the actual versus Mario versus Amarion now Mario, I, I mean, when he first came out back in, I think it was 2002, I remember I was 13, I saw his music video on TV, and I remember actually going to the record, not the record store, but like the CD store, buying his CD and wearing it out. I played that CD so much when it came out I mean from beginning to end and his music was such true R&B now that I'm older and I still listen to it I go back and I I can really appreciate the artistry um, you know for what it was it was true true R&B and for him to be so young at the time I think he was 15 he really like came out of the gate very very skilled very talented and I think his music was very mature for his age and you know I mean whoever was writing for him and putting that that music together I think they really really did a great job to the point where a lot of his music it still stands up today like you could he could release some of those and people who never heard of them I think they would vibe with them a lot and I'm truly hoping that people who may be tuned in who weren't super familiar with him I hope they heard a few songs and you know they can really give him his credit I think he came out so strong and so mature I I kind of think that maybe he didn't really find his footing in the industry I think perhaps they didn't really know what to do with him I mean he didn't necessarily dance but he had a beautiful voice and he had a lot of range but he was very much like I said in that R&B lane and I think at the time it's like if you weren't a rapper if you weren't like also a dancer 
Um, if your stuff wasn't super marketable across all the markets, like, you know, breaking into that pop world, I think it kind of did him a disservice. And I think that that's kind of why he's not as popular as I think he could have been otherwise. Now, Omarion, of course, rose to stardom because he was a part of the group B2K. Now, I hands down was one of those huge B2K fans. They were my everything at the time. Uh, Omarion was never my favorite. Um, I know he was recognized as the lead singer of the group. I'm ashamed to admit this now, but I stand by my younger self's decision to choose Rasby as my favorite. <laughs> but, you know, it was overall, I think the, the band as a whole, the group as a whole, they were just, they, I mean, they were megastars at that time. You know, my generation, we didn't have another boy group, you know, to fawn over at the time. B2K was it. And they had that market sealed up. And, you know, that catapulted Marion to where he is. And he eventually broke out on his own. And I like some of his stuff here and there. I mean, definitely, he's a great dancer. So his music videos really accompanied the music and made it better, I feel. But I don't think he's a very strong vocalist. I never have. And I think the verses really highlighted that. That versus battle was a hot ass mess i commend mario because he truly went there to put on a good show for his fans and to really showcase his artistry he was a professional he came prepared he you know he he took it serious i mean he was there to have a good time obviously but he you could just tell he really enjoys using his talents making music, reaching out to his fans. You could just 100% tell. Omarion, he just seems like a fucking clown to me. I never really paid too close attention to him, but seeing how, you know, cocky he was acting, I mean, they were both kind of like talking shit to each other, but that's just kind of the nature of the versus battle. But he was just acting so just, ugh, like, I mean, he really thought he was up there killing it, but he was like using all these antics. I don't know what, I mean, if you've seen it, I mean, at one point he and his brother were up there eating watermelon in the most raunchy way. I was literally clutching my pearls and I was watching this shit with my mom. We we're just like covering our eyes like, oh, the horror. And he brought out Tank at one point. He brought out Jeremiah at one point which was a huge mistake. <laughs> and he brought out, I can't, I don't know if it was actually Tommy the Clown and his dancers, or if it was just a Tommy the Clown-esque person and his dancers. I don't know. But they did like the whole bit from You Got Served. He was throwing in B2K tracks, which I think was unfair. I mean, you know, he just... Uh, he was just a hot mess to me and he only sounded good you know I think when he did Icebox he sounded pretty good but everything else it was like he was just up there pulling stunts and you could tell how frustrated Mario was um during all that because 
it just it wasn't really it was already not a fair versus because I feel like Mario was so much stronger vocally but it was unfair in the way that Omaran was coming at it and I just feel like it was a waste of time. I don't even know who decided to put those two against each other. I feel like they're in two separate lanes already. And it's not a good matchup, even if Omarion had showed up to actually do the work. And I wish, I don't know, I wish there was someone else they could have put each of them with. Because I think it would have been better matched. And I think the whole pre-show to this versus was unnecessary. Everyone, I mean, God bless those audience members because I feel like a lot of them were standing. I think it was like nearly five hours with everything. And that was probably about four and a half hours too long. (laughs) So it was very entertaining and it reignited my love for Mario and his vocals and, you know, his discography up until this point. And it really made me look at Omarion in a different light. Um, And you could tell he got his little ego bruise at the end of it all because it was so clear who won. And he went on a rant calling his B2K members his backup dancers. And, you know, I think he got butt hurt because some of the other B2K members were maybe resharing and commenting on some memes that were kind of negative toward Omarion. But to call them your backup dancers, I mean... That's just so disrespectful. I mean, they were a group, they were a unit, and they were successful as a whole. Um, A friend of mine shared his post, um, excuse me, shared uh, J-Boog, one of the members of B2K, shared his post um, that he posted on Instagram. And there was a part of it that really stuck out to me because and it really made me think that Omarion is really just living in his own planet and he's really just kind of forgetting where he came from but this little part that he said really stuck out to me this is j book one of the members of b2k he said this thing we call b2k was never the omarion show it was more like a circus and each guy brought a special attraction and collectively it was fun to watch he says this to Omarion. He says, watching you only lets me know that you were not really paying attention to what was making you Omarion because without us around, it's clear you can't tap back into him. You look lost, almost like you looking for us to feed off of. And <laughs> my mind was blown. I mean, if you told, you know, 14 year old me, that I'd be looking at this drama amongst the band members. They're not even together anymore. I I wouldn't believe it. It's really sad. I mean, we're, we're struggling for really, really talented artists. Not struggling. We're starving for really talented artists these days. In my mind, I'm not very impressed with, you know, some of the new kids on the block. Um, I think a lot of my generation, we often resort to playing, you know, throwbacks and things we liked in high school and middle school because it just hit different. I mean, the sounds are changing and I feel like a lot of our favorite artists from, you know, the past, instead of staying true to them, they're morphing and molding themselves into, you know, what they think the younger generation wants to hear but I'm like fuck them make music for us we deserve it we're millennials (laughs) 
One last thing I wanted to talk about today is um, an experience I had this week with uh, Blue Suit. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, Blue Suit is uh, my mans. <laughs> we met at a speed dating event um, back in uh, the beginning of May, and we've been seeing each other, uh, might I add, exclusively for the last couple of weeks, um, and things are going really, really well. I really like him, and it's been pretty smooth sailing so far. Um, now he has been very consistent since the day that I met him. He, um, you know, checks in, he communicates really well. If he's going to be busy, he lets me know beforehand and he lets me know as soon as he's not busy anymore. He makes time for me and he, you know, just makes me feel special and it doesn't seem like, you know, he's doing it, you know, for my sake, like he just really just seems like a genuine guy and that he really, really cares. And like I said, things have been very, very consistent. Now, this week, his schedule was a little bit different um, and it kind of threw off our communication um, for the first time. And it kind of triggered my anxiety. Now, you know, I'm, I'm kind of triggered by inconsistency. You know, if, you know, the, someone's tone changes, if the conversation seems different, I tend to catastrophize, um, you know, what's going on. Uh, my mind just goes to the worst place. I'm like, oh, my God. Maybe his feelings are dwindling, you know, maybe he's seeing someone else, you know, I just, I go to this negative place and it's something that I've definitely, um, been trying to work on with myself. Um, and usually when this happens, I would have internalized it, suffered in silence. I may have been passive aggressive to him, you know, I may have just, you know, backed off like well you know if he's not talking to me he's too busy for me then I'm gonna be too busy for him like those are all things I would have done in the past but because I you know my trust is building with him and because I'm trying to do things differently and be more mature I decided to do something I've literally never done and that is ask for reassurance I um I, I follow a couple of like therapist TikTokers and they, you know, post advice here and there. And this one guy was just saying, you know, we all need a little reassurance sometime and it's okay to ask for it. And if you're with the right person, they're going to be receptive to it. And I decided to just give it a go. I messaged him and I was like, hey, you know, I know you, you've been doing X, Y, Z. Um, we haven't been communicating as much as we usually do. And I'm, you know, it's making me feel a little anxious and I feel like I could use a little reassurance. And he read the message and he immediately FaceTimed me <laughs> and he reassured me. And then some, you know, I won't get into the details, of course, because that's between me and Blue, but he definitely gave me the reassurance that I needed and he didn't make me feel bad for asking or needing that and 
it just showed such great signs of emotional intelligence in him and maturity and it just reinforced the communication that we have and it just further created a safe space for me because I know that my feelings are received well by him and acknowledged and I'm not judged for it and you know he immediately comforted me so I think he and I are 100% on the right track I would encourage people to really focus on communication when they're dating because it really is the foundation of everything you really aren't going to get far without creating a strong foundation of that communication it has to go both ways you have to be honest and vulnerable I'm kind of at a point now where you know things are going so well that you know I have no yellow flags on him and definitely no red flags. And if something were to go wrong now, it would definitely be out of the blue. And I wouldn't even be able to say, oh, my God, I knew it because I'm I'm chilling for now. And I'm so grateful for that. It's been a long time since I've been able to exhale, but I'm doing it. So I do post these on Sundays and I want to make sure going forward, I am sending all the positive vibes out there to all my listeners. Tomorrow is Monday. It's a fresh new start, new week. I hope that you set your intentions for the week and you smash all of the goals that you may have set for yourself. I am sending love and light to each and every one of you. I want to implore all of you to make sure this week that you are checking in with yourself, not consuming too much of the negative BS that may be, you know, in the news. There's a lot of crazy things that are happening in the world and it is really, really easy to get overwhelmed. So just take breaks for yourself, check in, be kind to yourself, be patient with yourself and just breathe. (laughs) I know that's what I'm going to be doing. Hey guys, if you made it this far, thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. From the bottom of my heart, I truly appreciate it. Now there's a new episode every Sunday, so be sure to come on back for another round of Vodka Melonade. Bye.